this is our new era. Okay, I want to say this is my new era. Come on, if you believe it, say it like you really mean it. Say, uh, say this is my new era. You don't sound like you believe. Say, this is my new era. Now hear me, you shall have what you say. Say, this is my new era. Uh-huh, you shall have what you say. So this is my new era. So, so um, Isaiah 32, 1a, uh, the person translation says, look, a new era begins. And you know, I like the fact that it says, look, it means that uh, you, you have to consciously uh, watch out for it. Look, a new era uh, begins. So we're going to also look at 2 Peter uh, 1, uh, 9, one chapter 1, 19 to 21. And I'll read from the New King James Version. I believe you can show that there. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed. Uh, which you do well to heed, okay, to take, pay attention, uh, uh, to, to pay close attention uh, to this prophetic word. Which you do well, you'll be doing well for yourself to, to, take, to take heed of this word. As a light, uh, the prophetic word is that as a light that shines in a dark place. And why that is powerful is that, is that remember, light shines and darkness is not able to overcome it, okay? So to, he, to take heed of this word as a light, okay, that shines in a dark place until the day dawns. And I say to somebody, your day is set to dawn in the name of Jesus. A new day is breaking for you and your household in the name of Jesus. A new day is breaking for your marriage in the name of Jesus. A new day is breaking for that business, for your destiny. Ah, come on somebody, say hallelujah. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. And knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy, okay, uh, never came by the will of man, uh, but uh, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to uh, also just um, I read Second Peter. Uh, this is a new one now. We haven't read it before, but I, I believe that, that the entrance of His Word this Sunday morning will give you light in Jesus' name. Okay, Second Peter one three to four. Same Second Peter, so it's really the verses in front, above verse nineteen. So uh, Second Peter one three to four. Now please pay attention because I may not be, I'm not going to teach it, but I'm hoping that God God will speak to us uh, from His Word directly, as His divine power, as His divine power has given to us all things, as His divine power has given to us some things. As, divine, as his divine power has given to us most things. Oh, really? As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to what? Life. Jesus. If that matter pertains to life, he has given it already. Pertain to life and godliness, but true. The knowledge of him, true. The knowledge of him, true. The knowledge, the only way you assess these all things that pertain to life and is true knowledge. True, the knowledge. True, the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which had been given to us, again, exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these, through the exceedingly great and precious promises in his word that through the exceedingly great he's, he's already given it his pastors he's not just going to give it pastors he's given these promises already that through this exceeding exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may you may 
be partakers of the divine nature. But through these promises in his word, you, the only way you become a partaker. Have you ever been to a party where they were serving and when you got to your turn, the rice finished? Ah, madam, how far? He said, ah, okay, sorry, you. You don't finish. You, you, you will say, why did I even come here today? But everything that God is sharing today and he has shared, ah, yeah, you'll be a partaker in the name of Jesus. Come and somebody say, I'm a partaker in the name of Come and say, I will not miss my portion. Come and somebody say, I will not miss my portion. I will partake. And, you know, by the way, the other word partake there is to be a participant, a sharer, a partner. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, that through this are great, are exceedingly great and precious promises. That through this, you the only way you become a partaker. But you know, one of the powerful things about the scriptures that of the divine nature. That means, your boat, your boat, your boat, divinity and humanity in one. I'll say that again. Yes, you, your boat, what divinity and what humanity in the order of Jesus in the same order of Jesus when Jesus Christ came on the earth he came as few, as, as fully man but as he began to chop God's word his divinity was manifesting that's why we said for those of you who are just joining we said last Sunday we, uh, uh, maybe we're going to show that now uh, what, what is scripture now let's let's look at John 10 I believe John 10 34 John 10 34 we said that last Sunday but I wanted to sink in again let's read together I want to go John, uh, John, uh, Jesus answered them and said what? Is it not written? Come on, let's read the word of God together. I want to go. Is it not written in your law? What does it say? Who are gods? Are there any gods with small g's here? Come on, shout hallelujah. He said, even your law says you are gods. It's not a blasphemy. But let's go to 35. Go to 35. If you call them gods, to whom the word of God came. So what, what makes you to become a, a here? To partake of divinity is that you receive the word of God. You become a God on the earth. The moment God's word is revealed to you. In that area of life, you become a God. If it's in the area of poverty, you... Hey, yeah. The reason why many people are still struggling is that the word that makes you divine in that area hasn't come yet. You have refused for it to come. But I pray in the name of Jesus, everyone who is part of this house, and those of you who are watching her, that, that situation that you've been dealing with for years, oh, Magaria Basuli, the divine nature is about to be imparted by the word in the name of Jesus. You're about to become a God on the face of the earth. Sickness is about to lose your address permanently in the name of Jesus. Failure will not know your address anymore. That business has stagnated. Listen to me, so many of you are begging too much. Why? Because does God beg? Certain things for us died 20 years ago in my life. The moment I contacted divinity by his word, I became a God. Barrenness died. Somebody say hallelujah. So hear me. You need to have a proper understanding. If you want to be a God on the earth, please hear me. Please hear me. Too many of us are dependent on people to reign on the earth. 
you don't need any man to reign on the earth. All you need is to locate a promise here. Through that promise, you become a partaker of the divine nature. Now, God will use men, but not by your touching them. Not by your disturbing them. By their own. Minister Ayo, do you know that God, Peter never went to beg Cornelius for anything. He was sleeping. God was giving him dreams about Peter. He even gave him the dream where Peter was staying. You see, the problem is many of us are lazy. The people you're chasing, they can chase you. I, I was sharing with the pastors at, on Thursday. We're having a meeting. And I said to them, when I was looking for an office, most of you know I'm a lawyer. This is 1993 now. Because the office I was sharing with a friend of mine, he, he, he was going to move out and he said, I, you know, I couldn't move. Um, you know, he's also a lawyer. Moved to the new office, was moving. So he gave me two weeks. Two weeks to get an office in this land. This was 1993. What did I do? I went to God. And in the place of prayer, God began to show me certain things. Hear me. I was taking my bath in, in my house. I used to live in zone one then. I was living in my uncle's house. You know, I was a young lawyer. As I was taking my bath, maybe around 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Um, one of the most, the, the biggest real estate person in, about the biggest real estate person in this land then. I mean, my bell rang. I was, I ran out of the bathroom, had my tower. Cornelius was coming to see me. I showed up in the office. So I looked through the window and I saw him. So I opened, I said, what's going on? Is everything okay? He said, I've been looking for you, lawyer. I said, what is it? He said, I just um, got a big brief. I just bought a property for the chairman of UBA, uh, a big property. And I want you to perfect the documents. Now hear me, before that day, I had never said more than hello to him. In fact, as an Igbo person, where my office was then, there were a lot of Igbo lawyers that very close to him. So I said, oh, you came to me. He said, God said he should bring the job to me. I said, how did you find my house? Now, I'm not talking about when there was GSM. I'm talking about 1993 in this city. No GSM, no landline. He said, my secretary in the office described my house. I was sharing with the pastors, Elder Form, when... When we were done with that in 24 hours, I'm talking about 1993, I made 150,000 naira. Today, that money is like 15 million. With that money, I got a, 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 an office, two years rent, and furnished it. Hear me, the moment you contact, people who don't know you will look for you. Ah, yeah, you're still sitting down. Come on, somebody stand up and shout hallelujah. Abraham said that no man will say that they made him rich. It doesn't mean that men will not make you rich, but they can they, they, they know you didn't beg them. And that's why in this church, nine years now, nobody here can say I begged him for anything. Never. Anybody who has given my wife and I anything, they gave by their own accord. In fact, on my birthday, that just, you know, July, I, you know, I had the iPhone, you know, I had the iPhone, um, but I couldn't do so much with it. So, listen now. Just one out of many is testimony. So I exchanged it and got back. I went back to my Samsung. But somebody called me and said, Pastor, I need to buy you an iPhone. Listen to me. Hold God. God who, who, who's holding your thing. Somebody say hallelujah. 
Somebody say hallelujah. Okay, so we'll move forward. Now, it's important that you know this. Hear me. God reveals to redeem. I wanted to write that down. God reveals to what? God reveals to redeem. God, some of you may have heard that expression before, but I'll try and explain what that means. Every time God brings a revelation to you, it's always to redeem you. It's always to redeem a situation in your life. You know, typically we, we say that when people, you know, many times people have bad dreams and they are, they are scared. When, when, when people have bad dreams and, and you know, especially believers, and they come to you and say, Pastor, I had this dream. I say, calm down. Listen to me. He said, if you had that bad dream, bad dream, it's because God is revealing to redeem. Listen to me. What will kill you, you won't see it coming up. If you know something is going to kill you, 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 you saw yourself dying in an accident, will you travel that day? So every time God reveals, he's saying, son, something is coming. Daughter, something is coming. But, but, but let's, 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 let's domicile it in God's word. God reveals to what? You know, we began to say about three Sundays ago that, that you, you advance by revelation. That means that every time God's word is revealed to you, not just, not just the logos, not just the written word, but, but when a scripture begins to dance in your soul and your spirit, when God takes a verse that, that before now didn't make sense to you, now that verse begins to speak to you personally. That, that scripture is designed by God to move you forward. It's designed by God to advance you in life and destiny. But hear me, God reveals to redeem. Okay, now, now, now let, let me give you two examples. God reveals to redeem. Now, now in, in, in Genesis 37, we've been, we've been you know, talking a lot about Joseph in this period. You know, you, 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 are, you are aware that Joseph, Joseph had two dreams when he was uh, 17 years old. He had two dreams. Two, God revealed uh, certain things about his future, his destiny, uh, by the medium of dreams. And by the way, I believe the reason why God did that at that time was that they, they didn't have a Bible at that time. Pastors, they didn't have a Bible. I believe that if they had a Bible, and we're going to look at, the, you know, somebody else who had a Bible. But Joseph, in his time, we, you know, we are very blessed today. We carry all of us. I mean, have 20 Bibles. I have so many Bibles. Phone, everything Bible. Hear me. Now, God, God, listen to me, gave Joseph how many dreams? Are you here this Sunday morning? How many dreams? God gave Joseph two dreams. Okay? Now, in his immaturity because he was just 17 he, he thought that the dream was really about greatness because in the dream of course sheaves were bowing down uh, the moon, the stars, the sun were bowing down okay so, so in his immaturity he was selfish he was self-centered he thought God was showing him that he, which is true God was going to lift him up uh, where his family will bow down to him. And that actually came to pass. But pastors, we know that that was not the real issue. Somebody's here this Sunday morning. The, the revelation was supposed to redeem a world 13 years to come. Because God knew that a famine was coming upon the earth. And so, he was showing Joseph by that revelation that he will redeem his world in 13 years time. Let me say this. Every time God gives you a word, listen, don't be selfish. That word is bigger than you. Every word God gives to a man is really bigger than him. If the word God gives to you is only about yourself, check that word. 
Inside that word must be something for your world. Inside that word must be something for the greater family. Inside that, inside that, inside that word must be something for your church. Somebody say hallelujah. So if there's something God has spoken to you and it's usually just about yourself, watch it. Because what God was showing, by the way, oh, I wish I had the time. You know, you know, the brothers, the brothers, <laughs> the brothers, because, you know, they said, so are we going to bow down to you? But if, if they had looked at that dream, they were stars also. They were stars in that dream. And indeed, God elevated all of them. Uh, that's another, another message. So God reveals to what? Redeem. Now hear me again. Pharaoh, in the same Genesis 41, also had two dreams. Why two dreams? Because in the mouth of two or more witnesses, every matter what, how you will know that God has spoken to you is that he must say it at least twice. For even in law, in the, in the mouth of two or more witnesses, every scripture is established. So even, listen, you know what? You know what blessed me about that? Yeah, yeah, let me tell you what blessed me. You know what blessed me? Do you know that God even revealed his future to an unbeliever? Pharaoh was not a covenant person. And that's why children of God, please, may, may an unbeliever, may they not carry out revelation in the name of Jesus. Because if our heart is not open, to receive the revealed word. God will look for an unbeliever. He will look for a Bill Gates and show him something. He will look for a Zuckerberg and show him something. But that changes in this season in the name of Jesus. Ah, oh Lord, open our eyes that we may see wondrous things from your law. Lord, find us ready. Lord, to show us what we redeem Abuja in the name of Jesus. Reveal something that will redeem Nigeria. Come and show us a secret that will save our community. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, if that is who I'm talking about, come and wave your hand. I say, Lord, give me a secret. Reveal something uh, that will redeem my world uh, because George, so Pharaoh got those uh, those, those uh, I mean uh, those dreams but those dreams was to because the world was going to go through a famine but the world was to redeem the world in the time of famine so God reveals to redeem can you can you can you lift up one right hand say father reveal to me to redeem something in my life to redeem something in my home Ah, oh, yeah, to redeem something in my marriage, to redeem something in my city. Lord, my heart is open. Reveal to redeem. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2. God reveals to redeem. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2. In the first year of his reign, can we do it together now? I, Daniel, understood. Come on, I want us to read together. I, Daniel, did what? Understood by what? Come on, let's read it. Let's keep reading. Jesus. I wish we had the time. Please go home and read the entire thing. Daniel, the young man, in, went in his devotion. Just early morning devotion. Like I said, for Joseph, there was no Bible in his time. But in the time of Daniel, they had scrolls. They had the scrolls. They had, they had the word of God. So, Prophet Daniel, so Prophet Jeremiah, sorry. I mean, if you go to, uh, I believe, Jeremiah 25, 11, I believe. Uh, Prophet Jeremiah, when they were going into captivity, I said, after 70 years, the captivity will end. This imprisonment will end. This bondage, 
God has only apportioned 70 years for this captivity. So when Daniel was reading, you know, what I like about it, um, um, elders, uh, 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 Elder Frank, what I like about this was that the Bible used the word understood. I, I want to believe that it is not everybody, pastors, it's not everybody that, that had read that Jeremiah that saw that thing. Aya, aya. Oh, Magalebro Hazaya. Kalu, as you're reading the Bible next week uh, or this week, something will jump out at you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Uh, Sister Beauty, as you're reading the Bible, what others haven't seen in the world, uh, you will see in the name of Jesus. Uh, and understanding came to him. Uh, and he said, Jesus, what are we doing here? He said, this is the time of our liberty. God said our, 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 our captivity was going to be only for, somebody say only for 70 years. I don't know, so T.O.G. say only for 70 years. And those of you who are at home say only for 70 years. And so he looked at the calendar. He said, come on, come on, come on. Do you know what he did? He went to God because God reveals to redeem. God reveals to redeem. Pastor Jacob, God does what? He reveals to redeem. So they were in captivity and the only thing that will break that captivity was God has re He said, guys, you're overstaying. Many of you are overstaying in the situation. Many of you are in that situation. It's no longer God. There was a season appointed for you to have been stagnated. A season where you went round. But I want to say when light comes, every prison door, he opens in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. That door answers to light. That prison door answers to light. That prison door answers to light. For when light came, captivity disappeared. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said when light comes, that captivity, it disappears. Every prison door answers to light. A nation was in captivity. But a man, in the study of God's word, he understood by books, what am I still doing here? No, I shouldn't be here anymore. For the counsel of God says, liberty has come freedom has come and you know what he did he took the word back to God and he said Lord you said after 70 years you spoke through your servant you spoke through Jeremiah that after 70 years we will leave Babylon hear me the reason your way is still there and that's why I said last Sunday your liberty answers to light between where you are now and that open door is light many of you are trusting for luck God does not answer to lock, he answers to light. Life does not answer to lock, he answers to light. Do you honor? You're going to see in a minute. How do you knock on the door? It's light, and the door opens. You're not waiting, I may get lucky tomorrow. No, no, don't be waiting for lock, wait for light, and your light has come. He says, arise and shine. For your light, oh yeah, yeah, for your light has come. And hear me, scripture interpreting scripture. And I've seen this over these many years I've been a child of God. More so probably in the last 20 years. Every scripture is time tied. Every scripture is what? 
time tight or time sensitive. That means that when it is not time for that scripture to come to pass, it's still sealed. You can read it, stop for me, you can read it one million times. It's not the time. Your eyes will still be closed. Your mind will not get understanding. Listen to me. I suspect that Daniel may have been reading out Jeremiah for a long time. But when the time came, when he read that scroll, Mikala, something began to bubble. A scripture you have been reading for 10 years? I pray in the name of Jesus. Now the entrance of his word, he now gives you light and brings understanding to your soul. In the name of Jesus, the scripture, for your liberty, for your open door, that will lead that ancient door. It has come in the name of Jesus. I say it is here, it is now. And hear me, T.O.G. There is no devil anywhere that can stop a scripture whose time has come. There is no devil anywhere. There is no mother-in-law anywhere. There is no witch, no wizard. When your time has come, you know what I tell about the gospel of Matthew, pastors? Repeatedly, you hear Matthew say, so that it will be fulfilled so that it will be fulfilled because this scroll has been opened and I sense that for this house I sense for you who came into our house this Sunday morning I sense for you at home your time has come I say your time is, has come the time for the glory of the Lord to be risen over you and upon your household you have waited for this time your family has waited for this time your business has waited for this time because your light and your time it has come So he reveals to redeem. And so we began to give it the word that God gave to us. Now we, we're going to try. <laughs> oh God, there's still so much to say. Listen, this is, this is better than going and eat rice at home. I'm honest to you. You know, a day came, Paul preached for so long that somebody slept off, fell down from upstairs. He picked him up alive. This is more important. Let's look at her. The scripture God gave to us and we began to look at it. Hosea chapter 2 from verse 14. 14 and 15. Therefore, behold, let's read together. I what? I, I will allure her. Thank you, Jesus. We'll bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. You know, there's so much packed here that I, I can preach this. We can teach this for another four weeks. Don't, don't, don't move it. There are so many powerful things there. Therefore, behold, I will allure. Last Sunday we said the word allure is a, is, a, is a positive word. To allure is not to seduce. So, you know, God takes the place of our husband here. A husband that loves his wife. He said, I will just speak some nothing, nothing into, into our ear. And bring her into the wilderness. And like you're going to see later, why is God taking... I mean, the wilderness doesn't look like a place where God should take you to talk to tell you good things. But that's why he's God. And that's why it's in the wilderness that vineyards will be given to you. 
I'll go back there. You know, I'll bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I believe it's Isaiah. Where is Isaiah 40 verse 1? That says, comfort, comfort, O ye my people. Comfort is about to come to us in this season. I said, where you have known some desolation, where you have known some wounding, where you have known some rejection, where pain had filled your life, comfort is about to come in the name of Jesus. You know, Paul says that in the place where you have known suffering, God specializes in bringing comfort to the place you have known pain. Go to the, go to the next verse 15. Next verse 15. 15, 15. I will give her her vineyards from there. And the valley of Achua has a door of hope. She shall sing there. So much to unload here. Clearly we can't, we can't do all of that again today. As in the days of our youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of, of Egypt. Go back to that verse, the, the, the first verse, verse 14. We began to say last Sunday that, let me do many things at the same time. Um, this, this year, 2020, is a consequential year. 2020 is what? A consequential year. What does that mean? A consequential year is that naturally every year is important. But there are certain years that are consequential. You know, when, when I was, uh, you know, praying for our brother, elder, elder, elder form on his birthday, I said, even though God does not live in time, God uses time to achieve his purpose. God uses time and seasons. God has a calendar. So even though he's out of uh, your, your calendar, because he's not a man, he lives out of time. Okay, he lives both in the past, in the present, and the future. But he uses time to perfect his purpose. So he has appointed 2020 to be a consequential year. And we said last year that this is a dull year. That means that this year is so consequential. That means that you cannot play with this year. We also said that this year is so important. That's why the enemy from just as early, early I mean, from Wuhan or where in China, as early as back as December. I mean, this is the first time, the last time this happened was in 1918. The enemy threw something at this year to, to attempt to change times and seasons. But he has failed in the name of Jesus. I say he has failed in the name of Jesus. And so it means that this year you have to be extra sensitive. You can't behave this year like every other year. It's a foundation laying year. And we said also that that means that anything you're doing this year will affect the next 10 years. Watch your decisions this year. Not, not about what tie to wear, about what suits or dress. No, wear red dress. No, the major issues of your life. Because whatever key decisions you make this year, will affect the next 20 years. A, a cycle of time is beginning this year. Because God works in cycles. So a new cycle of life is starting this year. So, and the challenge about cycles, time cycles, if you enter it, you may not be able to get off until the next 10 years. That's why you need to be extra. That's why you, as a child of God, you cannot play around this year. Others will be playing around. Be sensitive. It's a door year. It's a, like, as, to be honest with you, for my family, my wife and I, we entered into a door year in 2000. And it carried us for 20, that, that wave carried us for 20 years. May the entrance of his word, may he bring light and understanding. You see, if you're, if you're planning to marry, who you marry this year will affect the next 20 years. If you're planning to start a business or a ministry, 
you have to check whether it's God. Because it's a consequential here. The church you are, you, you, you believe that God wants to plant you in, check it. It's a consequential here. That's why he said it's a door of hope. Because once you step through the door, you enter into another phase. You enter into another time. Now, what we can see from that scripture is that so many things, because when we got here, just like now, but just give me 10 minutes and then we're done. Even though I won't be able to see be done, just give me 10 minutes. Let's see how much we can do with the 10 minutes. My time is actually done, but just give me 10 minutes. Because we spent some time also with feeling form and all of that. Praise God. May God redeem my time in Jesus' name. Praise God. Now, um, let, let, me first deal, let me first deal with the issue of door. We, we began to look at it last Sunday. Please get the message. I won't repeat the things I said last Sunday. But doors are very consequential. God, the, the Bible uses doors almost 200 times. And most of the time that the doors are used, they are very significant. Now, when God begins to talk about a door, you know what? Pay attention. Pay what? Attention. Let's look at that Revelation. Um, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Revelation 3. And to the angel of the church, by the way, you know, because I know many of us don't know this. By one angel there, okay, the angel of the church, because I know many of us don't know this, a lot of young Christians here. That angel is not an angel like as an angel in heaven. The word there actually is messenger. So the angel there is the pastor. Is somebody here? When you read the letters to the churches, God was telling John, the revelator, he said, write letters to the pastors of these seven churches. You know, like I said, most times uh, the English Bible, this angel here is not angel with wings. He, they could have put the name of the pastor there. This is, the, you know, messenger. That's you know that so it's pastor so so you and sometimes you say and to the pastor of the church in Philadelphia there was a church in Philadelphia said right he said this thing says he now this is how God introduces himself how does he introduce he said he who is holy that that's how God first introduced okay he who is who true God never lies okay he who what come on theology who does what now this is very profound he who has the what the key of David. He who opens and he who, if you forget everything I've said today, but please don't forget the things I've said. I've said a lot of very important things. The door that leads into your destiny is not in the hand of the devil. Listen to me. Somebody may have lied to you that there's a witch in your village. That witch doesn't have the key to your destiny. There are ministries that are all over the place. They gain from you by lying to you. There is no devil anywhere. He said, he. I'm surprised you're still sitting down. The key that unlocks where you're going to is not in the hands of anybody in your village. It's not in the hands of any man. He who has the key of David. He says, when he opens, there is no devil anywhere in the form. Ayakuria. In the day this jumped up in my spirit. Ayaka. Yes, you may pray and bind Satan and bind the devil. But he doesn't have a key. 
There's no door anywhere that the devil can shut against you. If you understand that there's one who is God, he has the key. Key to your marriage. Key to your healing. Key to your revelation. Key to your next dimension. Key to your next level. Key to your marriage. Hear me, he has the key. And that's why he says that this year a door has been opened. Hear me, a door has been opened. A door of hope, a door of help. Church, the door is not closed, it is open. That door, yes, is now open. Uche, now there are two chairs there. Uche, Henry, that door is open. Casey, stand up. The door, that door, open. Hey, hear me. This is not the time to knock on any door. You only knock on doors when the door is closed. But I've come to say to somebody, this door is open. The door of your redemption. Door of your salvation. Door of the next 10 years. Door of the next 20 years. Open. Somebody says open. It's open. Listen to me. There were seasons when he says knock and the doors have been opened. But not this time. Oh, I wish I can come down here. You know what I need to do? When I see an open door, what do I do? I run through. I run through. Makabese, I can do guy and sakara and walk through. I can enter like this. I can enter. But there's no door to knock because he was the key. Open the door of your womb. Open the door of your destiny. This new era, a new era awaits on the other side of the door. That promotion you've been waiting for, walk through. That healing, walk through. Yeah, mama, mama, mama. You know it. In Revelation, put it back for 410. I'm sorry, 41, 41, Revelation 41. Legabose again, and to the angel of the Yagabose, maybe we can change it. And to the yeah, yeah, oh, okay, I was gonna say, and to the angel of TOG, right? Somebody said to the angel of TOG, right? Mama to Pastor Ike, right? After this is a look, and behold, come and repeat after me a door standing open. What is saying? That door that has shut for so long. Now it is standing open. Standing open. A wise person walks through. A fool will be knocking on a door that is open. Many years I said this, and, and that's just confirming scripture. Hear me. When God opens a door, and this is our testimony, like I said, no man can shut it. Because when he opens a door, he puts a wedge. So Ikuku cannot close it. You know what Ikuku is? In my, in my, oh, 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 never. Sister Beauty, uh, in my plus in my part of the country, we say cuckoo. But what do you call your wind? You know sometimes you can open a door. You. What what does what what does your rubble call call wind? Eh? Come no, no, don't no, wait, wait. Eh? What what does it call wind? Fefe? 
Afefe cannot close the door. Any Afefe cannot. He, 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 he puts. But please, oh, don't stand by an open door. Enter. Enter means to leave the past. Enter means to close the door of the past. There are things you need to shut off. There are doors you need to shut. Seasons. Now listen, you say, Pastor, but I'm still looking the same. If I leave the door now, if I enter, go out, I'm going to my car, will my clothes change? No. But things have changed in the spirit. It's not the same you that came into this month. It's not the same you that is going out of this month. For a door has been opened. And that's why he said, you know, he was saying to Cyrus, Oh Jesus, I want us to look at it. Um, uh, I was going to say Cyrus chapter 45. Cyrus chapter 45. Isaiah 45 verse 1. Isaiah 45 verse 1. Now this is talking to King, I mean, King Cyrus, an unbeliever. I, uh, Isaiah 45 verse 1. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus whose right hand I've held, to subdue nations before him. And to do what? To lose the armor of kings. To open. Is the same thing God is saying here. To open the double. Yeah. Double. Somebody say double. To open the double. Yeah. You know, I used to wonder, it's only in Nigeria that when you're, you know, going to maybe a government office or somewhere, there are two gates. But somehow, some even, even us here, even us here, start it. Always is one gate they will. So, is it they want to try whether you know how to drive? You will struggle to drive through. But what God is saying in this season, can you imagine when these two, the, the two things are open? You fly inside. In the name that is above every name, it's a double and you carry a Make a level. So, not only does God open doors, and I close with this. He see clearly again, we have not finished. We'll finish next Sunday. Here. I close with this. Not only does God open doors, like he said. But you know, when I was reading John 10, he said something that blew my mind. Jesus said, he said, I am the door of the sheep. I am what? He himself is the door. Just hope you catch this revelation. When he himself is the door. Child of God. Everything you're looking for in this new era is the door to it. He said, I'm the door of the sheep. He said, so that my people will pass through me, come through me. Once again, I say to you, in this new era, the devils that were able to hold you in the last era, they can't hold you anymore. For not only is the one that opened the door, he is also the door. I want you to stand up and pray this morning. I don't know what you have heard this morning. There's still about 30 minutes of my message to preach. I will continue next Sunday. Say, say, Father, thank you for giving your word. For the entrance of your word gives light. Now you need to domicile this word in your life. You need to situate it. Like we say in law, you need to situate this word. What is that door of hope? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for you? What does it mean to you? 
He says, I'll, I'll bring you into the wilderness. Why wilderness? Wilderness is the place where you have suffered. A wilderness is the place where you have known so much rejection. So much closed doors. But God is the only one who is able. God is the only one who is able to give men ikaluba. God is able to give men to give men a vineyards in the wilderness. Wilderness is not a place of fruitfulness. But, but he says, I will give you, I will give you your vineyards in the wilderness. Because God specializes in the place of hopelessness. In the place of helplessness. He says, let me show you that I'm God. So in the place you have known pain. In the place where you have known hopelessness. He says, I will allow you back into the wilderness. It's a season of restoration. It's a season of redemption. It's a season of restoration. It's a season of restoration. In that same place. Not another place. It's a place in the spirit. Yes, you know that place. Where you have given up. Sister Gloria. Yes, that same location. God knows it. He said, I'll take you right back there. In that same place. He says, the vineyards you have lost. One person that will help you in this season. He specializes in bringing fruitfulness in the wilderness. Isaiah 32, 15. Isaiah 32, 15. And we close with that. Isaiah 32, 15. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 32, 15. Have they fallen under the anointing? Unto the Spirit. Is poured upon us. Thank you, Jesus. Until the spirit is poured out from us, from our hearts, then the wilderness becomes the fruit of faith. In the place, place where you have called wilderness, a door of hope is opening there. A new era. God begins that new era from the same place that has been waiting.